Welcome to Golf Betting On Demand. I'm your host, Rick Gaiman, and I'll be spending the next hour going over the WGC HSBC Champions, which is got to be the tournament with the most initials on the PGA Tour. It is the continuation of the Asian Swing. But before we get into that, we have to look back at last week's Zozo Championship as we do every single week to see where we stood with the bets that we placed and if we learned anything. And there was two big themes from last week's Zozo Championship. It was Big Whiff and Big Cat. So for me, it was a Big Whiff finally got burned on one of our fades coming in and cashing. Tiger Woods at 33 to 1 is someone that I came on here and quite frankly hated. I uh, said these odds are not uh, are not even long enough. Um, I, I was dead wrong on it. I'll be the first to admit that. The, the thought process I thought made sense. Uh, someone who figuratively and literally limped to the finish line at the end of last season came out, had a, a knee procedure done in the offseason. We worried if that impacted any of his uh, practice time. Didn't really look good in the skins match. There was there was a lot of things pointing towards a fade Tiger week. And then he shows up on Thursday morning like he is a completely different player. Looks as healthy as we may have seen him in quite a while with some aggressive swings. And he goes wire to wire. And it was pretty impressive to watch. Um, so that's the, that's really the big takeaway. Uh, we did have a couple of bets that that gave us some sweats throughout the week. So the bets that we did make here on the show uh, were were Paul Casey and Gary Woodland at twenty five to one. Paul Casey played okay. He finished in a tie for seventeenth. Gary Woodland uh, much more in contention all week. Had a really good start to the Zozo Championship. Couldn't quite put it together uh, for the final two rounds. Missed a handful of putts down the stretch as Tiger started to extend his lead. But he ends up finishing in fifth place, which is uh, certainly another respectable finish from Gary Woodland as he's now put two, uh, two really good tournaments together between the CJ Cup and the Zozo Championship. We then also had our long shots, which were Adam Hadwin at 50 to 1 and Kevin Kisner at 60 to 1. Uh, Kisner uh, ended up finishing in a tie for 66, didn't do anything to note uh, all week. Adam Hadwin, a little bit more surprising that he finished in a tie for 41st because he's had such a great start to the year. This should have been a course that set up well for him, but uh, just didn't happen. So. This was the the big the big fade week that killed us. Uh, we will talk more about the historical context of Tiger um, a little bit later in the show, but let's turn our attention to this week's WGC HSBC Champions. It is going to be played at, and this is the only time I'll say it. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's Sheshan International, which is in China. Uh, it's a par 72, plays about 7,200 yards. They are bent grass greens. And again, we are going to have a 78-player field with no cut. So three weeks in a row as the tour goes from Korea to Japan to China. This is the you know what I've what 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 is kind of designated as the Asian swing where uh, the PGA Tour collaborates with the Korean Tour, the Japanese Tour, the the Chinese Golf uh, Tour, and they put on these events. And the bottom half of the field, you know, ten guys or so are going to get in from um, how they qualify on the Chinese Tour, just like last week with the Japanese Tour and the previous week with the Korean Tour. You're going to have a lot of the uh, highest ranked players in the world here, and then you're going to have a few sponsor exemptions to round out that 78 player field. Um, almost every one from last week, uh, at least the bigger names are, are teeing it up this week as well. We'll throw in uh, Justin Rose this week. We'll throw in Henrik Stenson this week, but Tiger's not here. So Tiger will not be in China to try to go back to back. Very, uh, very likely that we don't see Tiger again until Hero World Challenge, uh, then I guess President's Cup, and then quite frankly, probably not until February where, where we would assume he starts his season uh, at the Farmers Insurance Open here in my backyard at Torrey Pines. Um, so no shot link again this week. So that means we don't have strokes gain data. We don't have historic strokes gain data. All the stuff that I love to talk about on a weekly basis, we are just going through the eye test and uh, don't really have a great course regression model that we can run through and see what stats are important for each um, for, for this course this week, unfortunately. So we'll just be doing a lot of course history and recent form. 
past winners. Xander Shoffley, 14 under par last year, is going to be your defending champion. He played well again last week. We'll talk about him a bit more in a second. Then Justin Rose, again at 14 under par two years ago. Hideki has won here. So Hideki Matsuyama, 23 under par. Russell Knox at 20 under par. Bubba at 11 under par. And DJ Dustin Johnson at 24 under. DJ's not here. Brooks isn't here. Those big studs aren't here. Uh, so you can see the course has played uh, pretty different as in terms of the winning score the last couple of seasons. And if you go back, this is a bit of a coastal course. You know, winds can kick up here uh, and really make this course play a little bit more difficult. That tends to be the main uh, the main defense here in China with uh, it being much more wide open than we saw last week at the Zozo Championship with those tree-lined fairways. Not not much of that in play. So scoring conditions should be uh, a bit better for everyone and, and just we'll see how the wind plays up. We'll see how fast the greens run. But um, there are some guys that we will talk about that are going to be better suited if this if this goes to 20 under par, 23 under par, the big time birdie makers are a lot more in play. Um, and then I know I have a guy in mind who we will talk about later in the show that if this does stay in that 11 to 14 under range, he's probably much more in play. So um, different strategies as the week goes on here, if we can get some idea of what the conditions are going to be, what the weather is going to look like, might pivot a few different spots, but uh, should be a fun week. Nonetheless, this is usually a pretty good tournament. Let's cut to the top of the betting board here so that we can look into some of these golfers and kind of make some uh, some first reactions here. Uh, Rory McIlroy teeing it up. He is six to one. He has the shortest odds in the field. He is uh, the betting favorite. Uh, followed closely, I guess not that closely, by Hideki Matsuyama at 12 to 1. Hideki's played well on this recent stretch of golf, so no surprise to see him here at 12 to 1. Also a runner-up finish last week to Tiger Woods. Then you get the defending champion Xander Shoffley at 14 to 1. Um, you know, this is, and I'll, I'll mention this later, this is the, the shortest odds Xander has ever been in a WGC event. So no surprise that, um, you know, be, uh, no surprise for that because he is your defending champion and he's playing well. Uh, then you get Justin Rose, who we haven't seen in, in a bit, especially over here in the States at 16 to 1. He should be pretty interesting being a defending champ, or not a defending champion, excuse me, a past champion. And then we'll get Paul. Casey at 22 to one, someone who I really liked last week uh, with Gary Woodland. He played just fine. Um, and then Henrik Stenson, Tommy Fleetwood, Tony Finau, all at 25 to one. Stenson, someone we haven't seen since the Houston Open, um, hasn't played a ton of golf recently, especially on the PGA Tour, has kind of kept his play over on the European Tour. Tommy Fleetwood, 25 to one. We've seen him all over the place. Uh, playing decently well. And then Tony Finau, that last guy at 25 to one, um, you know, big time birdie maker has had some pretty good success here in China. We'll talk more in depth about him in just a second. And then you get Adam Scott and Patrick Reed, 28 to one to round out the top 10 betting favorites. So what we're going to do here is we're going to talk through each section of this betting board, uh, the studs, the middle guys, the long shots. We might dive a little bit more into Tiger Woods as well, because what we saw last week at the Zozo Championship was literally a historic event for him to capture his 82nd win of his career. So I do want to chat about that for just a bit. And we're going to start with the studs on the other side. season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. 
we can laugh, man. We we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. It is WGC HSBC Champions. The the WGC is always allot us a really nice uh, player field because they've got big time money. It's only the best players are invited here. A lot of guys show up, uh, make the trip uh, uh, over to Asia for these events. So it is, this should be a, a pretty good one. You'll always see somebody, uh, they'll do some wacky promotional things. Um, if you remember Henrik Sanchez actually injured his back like on a zip line that they had set up through through the city a couple of years ago. So uh, you'll see these guys do some weird stuff this week uh, for the promotional aspect of it. So it should be a lot of fun. But let's talk through the top of the leaderboard here. And we've got to start with the guy at the top, the man, the only one in single digits in terms of odds to win this event. And it's it's Rory McIlroy. Very, very short six to one. But if you're looking to bet a stud, if this is your strategy where you are comfortable in betting uh, someone this short? Here's your guy. You know, no need to look any further. It, it really was, you know, Rory. Outside of his opening round, seventy-two, which is two over par at the Zozo Championship last week, he was the best player in the field. Uh, he went 65, 63, 67 in the final two rounds. He had the best uh, total aggregate score from the final three rounds. He had the best aggregate score from the final two rounds, obviously. Um, so he's playing well. It was just a really slow start that he couldn't come back from. He ends up uh, posting a really good finish last week at the Zozo Championship. And if you look at his tournament history here in in China he's got five top 11 finishes in his last six starts has not ca- captured a win in that time frame but uh always putting himself in contention and that's what the great ones do they knock on the door over and over and over again um you know the stat about you know what Jack Nicholas has the most uh major championships he also has the most second place finishes as well something like that because you know these guys are just continuing to put themselves in contention and that's what Rory continues to do week in and week out. He's your reigning player of the year, playing well right now, gets to a place that he's had success in the past. This price is probably fair on him at six to one. So if that's your strategy to go this low, to find a guy uh, that has the best chance to win, Rory's here for you. Right behind him, uh, the next best odds, the next shortest odds are 12 to 1 Hideki Matsuyama, who I feel like, and and I mean, someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Feel free to tweet at me. It's at Rick Rungood. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like his, you know, even though he's he had a, a T3 at the CJ Cup, a, a second place at the Zozo Championship in his hometown, uh, which got a bunch of storylines, I still feel like that stretch of golf has been really, really quiet. Uh, because, you know, he didn't really get much uh, chat at the, at the CJ Cup with, with Justin Thomas winning that event. And then with all of the Tiger talk uh, last week at the Zozo, yeah, it was cool to see Hideki there, but it's almost like 
hey, it's it's easy to forget that this guy is one of the hottest players on the planet right now. Uh, two really strong finishes on this Asian swing. And as we know from Hideki, he's going to be a bit reliant on that putter. There was a chance in the final round that uh, Hideki could have put some more pressure on Tiger. He had a, a couple of very makeable birdie putts coming down the stretch. I think he had like a, a five-footer or six-footer on number, had to be 14 or 15, um, where he would could have he could have uh, closed the gap to Tiger to one shot and really applied some pressure on him. He misses that. That's always going to be a little bit of, a, of, of Hideki's woes, but... Uh, you know, he's going to head to China where he has actually has a pretty weird record. Um, if you, you know, one of the things that this industry does is they, they do the average course history. So you basically, you take your finishing positions and you divide it by the number of starts that you have there. So if you have a win and a 29th, you add them together, that is 30, uh, divided by two, your average finish is 15. Okay. That's how they do it. If you look at, um, Hideki's average finish, at this event, it's brutal. It's one of the worst in the field, actually, for people who have who have teed it up at this event. But it's weird. So he has a 30th, a 50th, a win, two withdrawals, and a 41st. It is like the widest range of outcomes you could possibly have here. Uh, he withdrew from this event two out of three years. I believe both were injury-related. Then uh, right after the year after that second withdrawal, he came out and won this event. So we know it's a course that uh, he has obviously found success on in the past, and now you get him in a spot where he's playing really, really well. Um, you know, 12 to 1, if you're if you're going to avoid Rory, uh, seems like a pretty good bet for Hideki here for um, a potential win. He's absolutely a guy who can win this golf tournament and has done it in the past. Right behind him is Xander, who Xander Shoffley, who I think we need to spend a minute or two on because he's your defending champion. He's going to be getting a lot of the uh, a lot of the chatter this week, a lot of the um, interviews, a lot of the discussion, a lot of the oxygen will be spent on Xander this week. And I love Xander; he's great. My problem is uh, a couple of things. He faded on Sunday at the Zozo. So if you're looking at just recent small sample, and you can chalk this up to weather interruptions or anything else, just a bad day, he fades to a, a tie for 10th at the Zozo. I like the guys who are kind of surging in the final couple of rounds at the previous tournament. That tends to be more indicative of the results in the following week. But the real problem I have for Xander is that his price is a little bit short for me. 14 to 1 is going to be the shortest number he's ever been at a WGC event. We've, you know, last year I think he was 60 to 1 when he won this golf tournament. We've seen him regularly since then 30 to 1, you know, even 25 to 1, I believe was was the next shortest odds he's ever been. Now he's 14 to 1. So my concern is that you're actually paying a pretty steep premium for that defending champion status when quite frankly, it's Xander Shoffley who is one of the best players in the world. He's capable of winning any event any WGC event, anything, anywhere, I don't really want to pay the premium at a place that he's won before just because he's won here before. You know, he's, it's, it's almost like saying he's not as likely to win this event as any other event. He's that good. Like he can win any event. So I don't want to pay the premium here. I'd rather get him back in a spot where he's 20, 25, um, something like that. So the, the price, you know, love Xander, love everything about him, but the price is just a little short for me. I don't think I can get there this week. Justin Rose is really interesting. Justin Rose, super sneaky here at 16 to one. Um, you know, he hasn't been great. He's just kind of been okay recently. So uh, if you look back, he's been playing, you know, since the end of the, the PGA tour last season, he's played quite a bit on the P on the European tour. Excuse me. He had a 15th place at the Italian open. He had a 34th place at the Alfred Dunhill. He had an eighth at the BMW PGA championship. So that is, um, it's respectable. I mean, those are three fairly significant events on the European tour. The B the BMW PGA Championship, which was uh, his best finish, that's you know that's arguably the best event on the PG on the European tour with the deepest field. Uh, so these are, those are three pretty legitimate fields that they get over there in Europe. He finishes pretty well in all of them. But if you look at the last two years from this guy, uh, a third place finish last year and a win the previous year, you're not going to find. 
Uh, we're not going to find anybody who has a two-year stretch that good, but you're not going to find a lot of guys that even if you go back three or four years are as good as Justin Rose here. So if you're if you're kind of contemplating contemplating between someone like Xander or Rose, I think Rose is actually priced fairly. I think Xander is just a little bit uh, priced too short based on uh, that defending champion status. Rose is just your past champion from two years ago. 25 to 1 is kind of interesting because you get Henrik Stenson here who, you know, uh, withdrew from or, or didn't end up teeing it up, I believe, at the BMW Championship. He ended his PGA Tour season early. He then uh, went over and played on the Euro Tour for a couple of starts. Then he took three weeks off from the BMW PGA Championship to play the Houston Open on the PGA Tour, which is the last time we saw him. And he missed the cut at the Houston Open. So now we're like, okay, well, this, you know, the recent form might not be great here for Henrik, uh, considering the last time we've seen him play anywhere in the world, he missed the cut. But you go back and you look at this uh, tournament history that he has, and it's back-to-back second-place finishes here in China. It is three straight top 11 finishes. So if you are someone who really banks on course history, I usually do not. Uh, if I have to weigh course history versus recent form, I would much prefer recent form. But if you are someone who loves course history, um, you're getting a pretty good price on Stenson because if he's been playing well recently, he wouldn't be 25 to one. He'd be a lot shorter than that. So uh, interesting take depending on your style of golf. I want to get into the middle of the pack and then some longer shots. And we are going to start with the middle of the pack right after these words. To light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. We've now talked through last week's Zozo Championship. We have talked through the top of the betting board. I do want to slide down to the middle of the pack, guys, like 30 to 1 or longer. But before I do that, it is worth noting in the same way that we talked about Henrik Stenson just before uh, we went to break there about someone who has great course history, but a little bit of uh, hairy recent form. If you want to throw someone else into that mix, it's Tony Finau, who also resides at 25 to one. So both Finau and Stenson, who, uh, you know, recent form has been okay, not great, uh, but has a great course history. Those guys are both there for you. Finau has in only a two year stretch, uh, cause it's the only two times he's played it, the best course history in the field. Um, obviously I said Justin Rose's last two years are the best, but if you go back, I mean, Justin Rose has played this event for more than two years. So if you, if you do the total course history for every single player in the field, Tony Finaus is the best with his second place finish last year and his 11th place finish in the year prior. The concern, um, I guess the concern is he's played a lot of golf recently. I don't know if that's a concern, but he was a little bit uninspiring at the Zozo Championship. Didn't finish well, never got anything going, just never made enough birdies, which is kind of the name of the game. So Finau, I think, is is very similar to a, a Henrik Stenson that... If those guys are, uh, you know, of course, history, if long-term form is the type of thing that you want to bet as opposed to recent form, then they are uh, certainly available to be bet on your card. They just won't be making my card. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. So let's jump to the middle of the pack because I do think there is some really inspiring golfers here. I think there's some situations that we might want to get into. And it starts with Billy Horschel at 33 to 1. And I don't think people realize that Billy is in the midst of a really good stretch of golf here. So dating back to the WGC FedEx, that's the the St. Jude tournament, he has four top 10 finishes in his last 11 starts. That's both here uh, on the PGA Tour and across the pond on the European Tour. He's played in China um, only once in the last four years, but that was last year in which he finished in a tie for 11th. Um, 
you know, he was actually, you know, going back to, to last week, he was in a much better position. Uh, he ended up finishing, um, I want to say he ended up finishing eighth, tied for eighth. I'll have to look this up, but, um, he, he shot a 70th in the final round on, at the Zozo championship, which, which is just an even, even par round. He lost ground on the field. Um, what I like about Billy Horschel, and we've talked about this with other guys, uh, Jason Duffner is one of these guys, um, I don't even know who else, Brant Snedeker, someone like this, where they're very, very streaky. Uh, they can get scorching hot for four or five weeks, and then you might forget they exist for four or five weeks. And they kind of just go through, they're very inconsistent golfers, but they can get really, really hot. Uh, we saw that with Billy Horschel when he made his run of a handful of years back at, at the, to win the, in the FedEx Cup playoffs to win that. Um, you know, we've seen guys like Snedeker, we've seen guys like Duffner do that as well. And I think we're in the midst of one of those stretches for Billy Horschel. Now, don't have a lot of the stats from him uh, over the last handful of weeks because it's been the European tour, because it's been uh, in events that we don't have shot link data. But uh, the eye test is that he's playing really well. Uh, his putter has been de- uh, pretty decent. He he can get scorching with that putter at times. So, you know, he's one of these guys that it, it's really w- weird. This is the last thing I'll say about Billy Horschel, because it's probably the longest we've ever talked about Billy Horschel on this show. Um Billy Horschel is consistent from the standpoint of he can absolutely make cuts. Now, I know there's no cut this week, but just to kind of put this into perspective, he's a big time cut maker. Um, It was probably just six months ago. He had the longest cut streak on the PGA Tour, um, and I think he's only missed one cut and I don't know the last... I don't know how many, 18 months or something like that. He's just been really, really good uh, about making cuts, but his but his his finishes after that are a bit volatile. And I think we're in the midst of one of these really good stretches. Not sure if he can actually go out and win this event, um, but something like a top five where you're probably going to get decent return odds on him is something that's very, very interesting. Now, this is like the weekly reminder um, that Jordan Spieth is in this field. And he is still here in this middle of the pack at 33 to one and that we are still fading. I, I This is another guy that I kind of just hope burns us at some point. Uh, the PGA Tour and golf in general is better when Tiger's winning. It's better when Jordan Spieth is winning. It's better when these guys who are like guys my mom can name, right? Like my mom can name five golfers maybe. And Jordan Spieth is probably one of them because he's this, you know, nice young kid and he's like great or whatever. Um, but he's still being priced as if he is that multiple time major champion, uh, despite not having a win in two years. And, uh, I just cannot, I will not be investing any money on this guy until he wins again. I just, I just can't see it. 33 to one, I think still too short. I hope he proves me wrong. Uh, tied for 66 at the Zozo championship last week, never in play. Um, you know, he's, he's getting beat out by some of these, you know, Japanese tour pros, uh, that, that are ranked 200 spots behind him in the, in the world golf rankings. I mean, it's just, it's a really bad spot for, for Jordan Spieth right now. And what's most interesting is I think how he hasn't won, but his, his results have been feast or famine. Nine starts since the U.S. Open, he has five finishes outside the top 65, so missed cuts or outside the top 65, and then three inside the top 12. He has basically nothing in the middle. So you, you're, you're getting either uh, a terrible, never-in-contention Jordan Spieth or a guy that can give you a little bit of a sweat. He's going to finish in the top 10, but he's still not winning. Um, it, it's just a weird situation that we're in. I will say he's had decent success here in China. He has a seventh place finish, a 35th and a 17th, but that hasn't been since 2015, 2014, and 2013. Hasn't played here since. So I don't know for a guy who's clearly struggling with his game to go to a course that he hasn't seen in four years. Like I just still don't think that that is a combination that I want to be investing in, especially at a really uh, short 33 to one in a 78 man field. It just, none of this adds up for Jordan Spieth. I really hope that he proves me wrong. I hope he gets back to being multiple wins a season type of player, but, um, really nothing to, uh, to, to think that's going to happen outside of a dart throw. Now there is someone who's won much more recently. Um, Shane Lowry, uh, open championship winner sitting here at 40 to one. I think he's probably the most interesting guy in this price range. So, Again, what I like to do is I like to go back to the previous week and I, obviously I want to look at the final standings, but I want to look at 
guys who played well on the weekend or guys who played well in their last round or guys who played well in their last three rounds because that is just a little um, a little subset of the tournament that has proven to be a little bit more indicative about how a player plays in the next round or in their next start. And because sometimes, you know, guys can be struggling, but they find something in their final round and then they can keep that something going, right? They find a way to uh, get rid of their double cross or whatever it is. And then they keep, they can keep it going for a couple of weeks. So I like those guys. Shane Lowry is one of those guys. He had the second best score on the weekend at the Zozo championship behind only Rory McIlroy and Ian Poulter, who both are in the field this week, by the way. So keep that in mind. Um, and you know, we talked about this with Gary Woodland where sometimes after a golfer breaks through and either gets their first win or gets their first major win, they fade a bit, uh, for the weeks after, right? It's, it's just this culmination of your career. And we saw it with Shane Lowry too. I mean, he faded a bit after his open championship win, but he has recently played well in Europe. Uh, So the last four weeks for him are a tie for 11th at the BMW PGA Championship. Again, very prestigious event on the European tour. A tie for 15th at the Alfred Dunhill event. He missed the cut at the Italian Open, which apparently like a lot of a lot of big name guys missed the cut at the Italian Open. Something something in the water over there. But a lot of guys that you would expect to play well missed the cut at the Italian Open. And then he backs it up last week with a 13th place finish at the Zozo Championship. Uh, his history here in China is both short and pretty mediocre. Uh, he hasn't played in two years. So between 2013 and 2016, his his uh, last four starts are 23rd, 68th, 34th, 32nd. Certainly nothing to write home about. He's got a little bit of experience at least, and his best finish is his most recent finish. So those are all things that are kind of trending in the right direction for Shane Lowry. But when you compare him to some of the other guys in this range, you know, the Jordan Spieths of the world, um, who at 33 to one are just kind of mind boggling that like Lowry is at least someone that's trending in the right direction that you would want to be buying into at a pretty decent price, 41 against 78 plus field guaranteed four rounds outside of a DQ or withdrawal, which we saw a couple of last week with that were uh, weather related. Um, okay, here you go. Past Masters uh, champion Danny Willett at 50 to one is the guy that I kind of referenced earlier in the show. I believe it was in um, our, our first our first segment of the show where I said, you know, there are some guys that are going to be better if the scores are lower, and there are some guys that are going to be better if the scores are higher. And if the winning score here ends up being 11 under par, for example, or 14 under par, which is numbers we've seen in the past handful of years, uh, I think Danny Willett is much more in play. Uh, we've seen him. He that, that BMW PGA Championship that I've been referencing on the PGA Tour as such a prestigious event, Danny Willett won it. And I think it was 1900. So he got to a number that is not usually what we see out of Danny Willett as like some elite birdie maker. Uh, but he's a world-class grinder. Um, you know, the the Masters he won, the winning score was super low. We, we've just seen him in contention because if the weather gets tough, if the wind gets tough, it really doesn't bother him. We've seen him really grind it out. And, and you know, since that Masters win again, you see this over and over, the Masters win, he, he really, you know... It was a downward tail to his career, and he's really picked it up recently. Um, so he wins the BMW PGA Championship a few weeks ago. Uh, since then, he's gone 26th, 18th, and 46th. So he's played in other events. He's posted uh, relatively good finishes. And his his history in China is both volatile and inconsistent. So he's played it four times since 2010. He has a third place finish and then three finishes outside the top 60. So a little bit of a mixed bag for Danny Willett. All right. I've got some longer shots. I've got some Chinese players who probably have a lot more experience on this course than others. And I want to talk a little bit about Tiger Woods. And we're going to do that right after these words.
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand, and we're going to talk more long shots here in a second, but I think we had an historic moment yesterday that we need to talk through, and it's Tiger capturing his 82nd win on the PGA Tour, tying Sam Snead for the most all-time, and I think we really need to put this a little bit into historical perspective because... Tiger, it's a gift and a curse that he is really only compared against himself. So, so every record that we have on Tiger, um, you know, basically every record is his, you know, all of the peak seasons, all of the peak three year stretches, all the peak five year stretches, they're all attached to Tiger Woods, but this is a really great longevity record for him. The fact that, you know, 82 wins over the course of what, 20 seasons, something like that, um, is really impressive despite the fact that he missed multiple years and, you know, didn't, didn't add a win to his total for, for a multiple year stretch. And, you know, it's easy to say, of course, we kind of saw Tiger Woods heading on this path, but just to kind of put this into perspective, I have a a few other stats for you. Um, if you look at, Phil Mickelson and Vijay Singh, who were the next two most successful golfers of this Tiger Woods era, last 25 years or so in terms of wins. If you add up both of their wins, they're still four wins short of Tiger Woods' record right now. Um, Tiger has all of these great records that I think are, are are unbreakable. And I think this one is, is also unbreakable. You know, the, the made cut streak, which is like 162 made cuts in a row, that'll never happen again. Um, like 89 straight rounds where he played better than the field average, that'll never happen again. And it's, it's a testament to not only the greatness of Tiger, but like the fields are so deep now. And we talk, we talk about this a lot here on this show where the fields are so deep. It's hard to go back to back. It's hard to contend week after week uh, because of the level of golf that's being played on the PGA Tour right now. So we are just never going to see these things again. And we're never going to see anybody break this record. And first of all, Tiger's probably not done. He probably doesn't end at 82. You know, if he gets to 85, 86, 87, maybe he gets to 90. Who knows how many years he plays? But um, he's basically won three and a half times a year for the past 20 seasons which is insane because you know three wins is what Rory McIlroy did last year to become the player of the year. So Tiger has basically had a player of the year season every season for 20 years. It's it's actually insane. And when you look at who could possibly catch him, um you know, of the players that we know now, the answer is probably no one, but I think Rory has 17 PGA Tour wins at the moment. Even if he wins what three times a year, which is what he did last year to become the player of the champ, player of the year, um, three times a year for the next fifteen years, that's forty five more wins plus the seventeen that he already has at sixty two. He's he's not he's still not even close. Like like it's just really step back and look at this and think how unbelievable this Tiger record is, and it's going to be really cool when he. Um, when he goes out and breaks it and he, and he's, and he's alone at the top with without Sam Snead there. So, um, probably won't see it for a while because we're at least going to be, like I mentioned, you know, probably plays the hero world challenge, which is an unofficial event. We'll see him at the president's cup. We probably won't play the tournament of champions. Uh, his next real probably crack at this is going to be farmer's insurance open, which is late February, I believe this year. Uh, so, you know, it might it might be a while. It's going to be a handful of months before uh, we at least even get him to see to see him take a crack at at eighty three. Um, so I just want to talk about that. We can get back into the WGC now, but uh, a rare opportunity to talk about a historical situation in the in the world of golf. I would be remiss if I didn't uh, at least chat through it for a bit. Uh, okay, so back to this week. Um, you know, continuing on the long shots, and we're gonna go deeper than fifty to one here. And I'm I'm down here at sixty six to one with Hao Tong Li, who uh, back in his home uh, home country of China, 
this is, you know, there's, there's always a lot of, and we've talked about it, both good and bad about going back to a place where, you know, whether it's on the PGA tour, you're going back to your hometown, you're playing a tournament there and you have a lot of media obligations and a lot of friends and family or going back to your, to your home country. You know, we saw it with Sung Jm in, in Korea. Uh, we saw it with Hideki going back to Japan. Now it's, you know, Hao Tong Lee going back to China. Um, and I believe Hao Tong is the number one ranked Chinese player at the moment. I think he has to be, he's the 59th ranked player in the world. The concern with Hao Tong is, uh, the form's just not there. The last two European uh, tour events that he's played, he's missed the cut in both, but he does have two decent finishes here uh, at the WGC HSBC, including an 11th place finish last year and a 7th place finish in 2015. So if you're looking for someone who, you know, long-term form, Hao Tong's great. Again, 59th ranked player in the world. He is on the International President's Cup team. So he he, he earned the right. He's, he's already in there. So he's one of the best eight uh, international players that are obviously available for the President's Cup. It's not the Ryder Cup, but um, still on that team. He's a very good player. He is sneaky long, and he's had success here in the past. You know he's going to be motivated. There's a chance he got um, he got there early. He's been practicing. He's been doing his media obligations. I think he's a really interesting flyer at 66 to one, and potentially betting him in like a top 10 type of situation. I think is very fair as well. And then we've got another, um, we've got another Chinese player here who's, as we get deeper, it's a hundred to one. So I believe I'm going to pronounce his name correctly. I'm going to give it one crack here. I believe it's Zinjun Zhang. He is 100 to one and we've not seen him play on the PGA tour since the Houston open where he came in a tie for fourth, but we've seen him on the PGA tour a lot this season. So he's played, uh, he played basically every event up until the Asian swing. So he, he missed the cut at this year's Greenbrier. Then he followed that up with, uh, I believe a 60th. And then he got his results got a lot better, which were a seventh, a 16th and that fourth place finish at the Houston Open. So two of his last three uh, last three starts have been top 10s. All of them have been basically top 15 finishes. And this is a guy who, you know, you might not know who he is. A lot of the world might not know who he is, but he's, he's a really good player. Uh, if you look, he, he got his card from the Corn Ferry Tour last year. He led the regular season in points for the Corn Ferry Tour. He played 22 times. He had seven top 10 finishes, including two wins, a second and two thirds. So knows how to get into the winner's circle, knows how to contend week in and week out. And he has played a ton here at this event, because if you remember you know, he goes back to his history on on the on the Chinese tour, where you know they have exemptions for this week. So, like the top ten or twelve uh, Chinese players are going to play this event every year that they have it. So, despite this year being the first year that Zhang has his PGA Tour card, he's played this event a lot. So, um, just the last four years has been okay results: fiftieth, forty fourth, twenty first, and then a forty sixth, which. Um, at least he's familiar with the course at, you know, this is probably the best he's ever played in his career because it's the, the first time that he has a PGA tour card. So, uh, probably the best he's ever been. And he has history here. Interested to see how this 100 to one long shot goes on Zinjun Zhang. Uh, again, probably will also look at him in something like a top 20 market, uh, maybe top 10. We'll see as those odds come out, but uh, currently 100 to 1 as an outright bet for this week. Another one of, of my PGA Tour, uh, I'm sorry, European Tour guys that I like to bet is Andrea Pavan, I believe is how he pronounces it. He's there at 80 to 1. And another seasoned European Tour player who has three straight top 12 finishes on the European tour. He has six top 15 finishes in his last seven starts. So he has just been, um, knocking around the top of the leaderboard, um, all season long for, for him at 80 to one. He's the number 66th ranked player in the world, uh, official world golf rankings. He plays a lot on the European tour. He has, um, he actually won this past season on the European tour, he won the BMW international. So that is not the BMW PGA championship, which is the one I've been referencing multiple times throughout this show, but it is the BMW international still a great event. I mean, anytime you win on the European tour, it, it's noteworthy. Uh, Pavan has done that. And, and now he sits here at 80 to one. We've only seen him play the WGC HSBC champions 
It's always a mouthful. We've only seen him play it once, and he was a tie for 22nd last year. So I think you could do, you know, when you're looking down here in these long shots, uh, you could be doing a lot worse than uh, Pavan at 80 and Zhang at 100. And then there is one probably last guy here that... um, you know, if you are a, a follower of, of me on, on any uh, social media, on any of my other shows, uh, if you watch this show, you'll know I'm not a big fan of, of Bubba Watson. Uh, Bubba comes in here at 100 to 1, and I'm mildly interested, okay? I'm not, I'm not un- unloading the clip. I'm not uh, emptying the bankroll on, on Bubba Watson this week at 100 to 1, but... There was at least some signs of life from him uh, last week at the Zozo Championship. So he had three rounds in the 60s before he implodes for a 75 in the final round, which is five over par. Um, You could argue that... the weather, you know, the fact that they had to finish the final round, he might have just been trying to get out of that. Like you could make a lot of narrative cases for Bubba, but what was good for the first three rounds is he was within the top 25 of, of that event. Um, so if you if he gets in a similar position this week, you know, being inside the top 25 at 100 to 1, top 20 bets, top 10 bets could be interesting because if he goes the opposite way, he makes up uh, a handful of strokes on the field in the final round. Now we're talking about cashing those tickets. And he at least has some elite finishes here uh, at this event where he won this event in 2014. And the year before that, he he racked up another top 10. I believe it was an eighth place finish. He's had mixed results since then, but at least, um, you know, for three out of the four rounds last, last week, he played well enough and he has past champion status here uh, that at least makes me interested. It'd be a small fire on Bubba at 100 to 1. Um, and I want I want long shot stuff for Bubba. I I don't I don't know if I really care about Bubba being twenty to one, uh, but like I want to get paid off maybe like a top five bet if Bubba goes up and actually contends in this thing because when we talk about range of outcomes with players, few players like Bubba Watson have the range of outcomes that that, that he do, that he does, which is like he could win, he can finish dead last. It's and it's been a lot more of the the latter in recent runs for Bubba, which is why his price is all the way down here at 100 to one. So just kind of strategy wise, um, we've talked about this, but we haven't talked about it in a couple of weeks. You know, for me, uh, especially in WGC events, especially in no cut events, what we have seen is the, the best players usually win these, uh, not only because there's a lot of them, but when you guarantee four rounds to the best players in the world, and you, like you saw it with Rory, Rory had one of the worst rounds last week, the Zozo Championship, uh, the worst first rounds, and he still is able to fire three beautiful rounds and get himself into a top five position. Um, that stuff is possible when you're guaranteed four rounds from some of the best players in the field. They can go out, shoot a 62, shoot a 63, and get themselves right back into contention. So while we've seen, in terms of outright wins, uh, studs win these events more often than not, especially compared to like their regular tour uh, counterparts where there's a there's a, a cut, uh, for example, that it's it's really hard to bet some of these you know, even 50, 60 to one, 80 to one, 100 to one guys uh, to win outright. Uh, that's difficult knowing it's probably not coming as often as you're betting it. So I'm going to try to take these guys. Uh, if I can get them in matchups, sometimes they're too long. You can't get them in matchups, but um, to bet them top five, to bet them top 10 is a situation where you're able to cash in. You'll get much worse odds, but the the likelihood of that actually happening and coming in and you cashing that ticket is going to be significantly higher than if you're just betting them to raise the trophy on Sunday, which is probably not too likely. All right. We've covered the long shots. We've covered the studs. We've covered everything in between. When we come back, I'm going to give you my actual betting slip for this week's WGC HSBC Championship. I'll talk to you in just a second. NFL. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, welcome back. It's time. Rick's betting slip. I'm going to give you the bets that I already have in the system uh, as of right now. So we're going to start at the top of the betting or the betting board at six to one. I've already fired a bet on Rory. And it's one of these situations where you've got a historically great season that he had last year. In terms of strokes gain total, the, the, the season Rory had last year was the best non-Tiger season ever. Uh, deserved to be the player of the year, went out and won the tour championship. Then we finally see him again on the on the on the PGA tour this season. And yeah, struggles a little bit in round one and shoots the best final three rounds of the week, the best weekend of the week. Uh gets to a place where he's just absolutely piled up top five finishes. Um that's a really good recipe for uh, for success around uh, around golf. So yeah, I've I've bet I've bet Rory at six to one, and then knowing my strategy, I can't now load up on twenty five to one or thirty to one guys like I did uh, last week. I've got to jump down a little bit further than that. So I did bet Shane Lowry again in the same mold of. Uh, of Rory McIlroy here, which is someone who played really, really well on the weekend. Uh, someone who's trending in the right direction. His game has been uh, more sharp recently than we saw after his Open Championship win. Uh, a little bit of a mixed bag here in China, but just someone who's playing well at a really good price. I think Lowry fits that mold. And then I probably now have to go even deeper than this, which is what I've done with my final two bets that I already have in the system. And I've gone down to Andre Andre uh, Pavan at eighty to one, who is just a Euro Tour regular, um, has been has been racking up top fifteens. Had a had a twenty second place finish here uh, last year. Someone that has at least a little bit of experience on the course and, and just really playing well. Um, I've bet him at eighty, but I also bet him uh, in the top ten market as well. Uh, so that way I can capture the more logical side of his of his upside here and see if I can get a top 10 from him. Uh, it won't be as good as 80 to one, but it's not bad. And then, uh, Zhang at 100 to one, um, just another golfer who's been playing really well on the PGA tour right now and has played this WGC event, uh, a ton of times over the, over the last, um, you know, handful of years because of his experience on the Chinese tour. So that's where I'm going. I'll get Zhang also in probably a top 10, top 20 situation, but I'm interested to hear where you're going. Tweet me. It's at Rick run. Good. And I will talk to you guys next time. Best of luck this week.